Good morning and welcome to today's Daily Word and Prayer. I'm Tom Short, so glad to have you along today on this Thursday morning, July 15th. I hope you have had a great summer. <clears throat> and as we get together in the Word of God each day, it makes our day better, doesn't it? And I've enjoyed, since I was in Jacksonville, a number of people tell me they tune in and listen each day and, and they're blessed by it and they're telling their friends. And so welcome. If you're new, we're so glad to have you. I hope that you do subscribe, hit the notify button, like the video, and share with your friends. And if you've come back day by day, I hope you are blessed by it, by our time together. <clears throat> Many of us, we're talking about a worldview, developing a Christian worldview. And the truth is, most of us have been taught a worldview without even realizing it. This is part of what happens in education. I know everybody says, you know, let's just get back to reading, writing, arithmetic in our schools. But to be fair, Part of education, a big part of education, is to learn a worldview, to, to learn to see how you should see, should see the world. And of course, being publicly, having a public education, this is tough because that they often have to, they often cannot teach the worldview that we as Christians believe. It's, you've got to be very careful because uh, it would violate what is commonly believed today to be the separation of church and state. And so we've got to be very careful, but if you do go to a public school, you will be taught a certain worldview that's not likely to be the biblical worldview. That's just a reality. You've got to face up to it. And if your children are in a public school or grandchildren, they, you'd best be aware of these things because uh, otherwise they, they're, they're being taught without discerning and understanding. We've discussed... We've been discussing a number of worldviews to quickly review. Your worldview starts with, how do you think you got here? Are you here? The two, pro the two most prominent ways of how we got here are creation or evolution. Did a God create us specially, intentionally, lovingly? Or are we here as a result of just accidents of nature, a big bang, mutations that happened along the way? And we happen to have been the fortunate ones that survived and got into the place we are at. Two very different world ways of looking at the world in terms of how we got here. Secondly is, what is our purpose? If you come from an evolutionary worldview, you may just say have a secular purpose of hedonism. I'm after pleasure. I'm after fun. I want to enjoy life. That's my purpose. I don't last long, so while I'm here, I'm going to get the most out of it that I can. Or maybe you want to, maybe you have a more noble, and you want to help the world. You want to cure a disease, or 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 help those in need, or provide benefit for the world. But but essentially, it focuses around you. Or there's another, the Marxist worldview, that wants to say <clears throat> that would lead you to be a social activist that would lead you to want to make the world a, the systems of the world a better place and, and uh, maybe be a social justice warrior, okay? Or a biblical worldview would identify that our purpose is to love God and to love people and to help build the kingdom of God and help advance the purposes of God and to realize that our purpose here on earth is not just start with us and end with us. It starts with God, and it ends with God. And so this is a very, very different worldview. And this, again, as I was saying earlier, this type thing is 
inculcated and it's indoctrinated and it should be in our education. And so um, whatever education you're getting, your worldview is being taught you in ways that you might not even know. It's not said this is, I'm teaching you a worldview. It's just the assumptions. The worldview is often the assumptions that we operate under. Well, today we want to talk about in a worldview how uh, the other question of worldview, the next question is, what's wrong? What's wrong with our world? You know, the truth is most everybody realizes something's wrong with the world. We have all kinds of problems. We have wars on, on a big scale. We've got wars. We've got poverty. We've got famines. We've got disease. On a smaller scale, we don't get along with one another. Marriages fail. People hurt one another, take advantage of one another. Relationships break down. What On the big scale, the small scale, what, what's the issue? What's the problem? Now, if you are a secular humanist, which is the predominant view in American education, you would say the problem is ignorance. The, pro, the problem would be knowledge. Excuse me. The problem would be knowledge or lack thereof. If you lack the knowledge, the problem is ignorance. But they also believe you could have the wrong knowledge. If, you're, if you are a secular humanist worldview, you would think that, the, that disease, lack of knowledge, racism, lack of knowledge, we're ignorant. War, lack of knowledge, we're ignorant. We don't understand one another. Secular humanism thinks that people are basically good, and all the mistakes we make are simply because we don't understand things. In psychology, if you've got a problem, you just got to understand yourself better. You've got to know the root of it. All these things, knowledge is the answer. Knowledge is the answer. And maybe if, you're, if you've got, you might have the wrong knowledge. Of course, a secular humanist would think we Christians have the wrong knowledge that we're trusting in God, we're looking to God. And so not only are we ignorant, but we have the wrong knowledge and that would need to be corrected to solve the problems that are out there. Or maybe you're a Marxist. A Marxist believes that the problems in the world all have to do with systems and structures, power structures. In a Marxist worldview, people are neither good nor bad. People don't have, are neither right nor people themselves are not good or evil. We're all neutral, but it's the systems, it's the structures out there that make us good or bad. If we're under the wrong systems, then we tend to act badly, and the and if we're under the right ones, we would tend to act rightly. In Marxism. It's always a power struggle between the oppressed and the oppressor. The oppressed is called the proletariat, the oppressor, the bourgeoisie. And between these two structures, and Marx always saw that the, the struggle of history was the oppressed rising up against the oppressor. In our day, the, the oppressed would be considered good people who, or if they have the right structures, the goodness would come out. And the oppressors are the people in power. They're the bad people. They have created bad structures. Now, again, Marxism would say the problem's not the people, it's the structure. And if you change the structure, everyone would behave well and we'd have a utopia. 
and there would be no, there'd be all total equality, total equity. Outcomes would be the same. Everyone would be happy. No one would be greedy. No one would be selfish. No one, no, there'd be no problems because the structure is right. And then, of course, as Christians, we have a different worldview. We follow that found in Scripture, in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 3, the serpent came to tempt Eve. She gave in, ate to the apple, gave to her husband, or whatever fruit it was, gave to her husband, he ate too. And then God came and God pronounced a curse, a curse upon the serpent, and said he would set enmity between the serpent's seed and those of the woman. And then he said to the woman, in pain shall you bear children. And he said to the man, from now on, the cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall plow it and cultivate it by the sweat of your brow. Life is going to be hard. There's going to be enmity now in life. There's going to be struggle. There's going to be difficulty in life. Where does this come from? Where In the biblical worldview, it's the result of sin. It's the result of rebellion. It's the result of spiritual opposition, enmity between the serpent, his offspring, the serpent's seed, and the seed of the woman. That there's a spiritual battle going on. And that at the root of the problem of humanity is not a lack of knowledge. And it's not that we've set up wrong systems. And it's not power struggles. At the root, at the deep issue is that we're alienated from God. That we are in rebellion against God. Humanity is in rebellion against God. So clear in the book of Genesis. And this matters. Genesis matters. It lays the foundation for a proper worldview. We are created by God. God had a purpose in creating us. We exist. We live for a reason. God had a reason in making us to display his very glory on earth as we were made in the image of God. But that we have turned against him and rebelled. And indeed, we can look at Adam, we can look at Eve, but we can look at ourselves too. And we can say all of humanity has turned against him. Secular humanism is kind of like the Tower of Babel, trying to build its way back to, to this utopian world without being broken, humbled, without receiving God's way. And, and that was found in, in uh, Genesis 11. We'll be looking at that later uh, in, our, in our series here. In Romans, Paul also talks about, Paul gives the most logical, coherent explanation, perhaps in Scripture, of an overview of a worldview, a biblical worldview. And he begins in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, by really laying out the problem. And it says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That's the problem. The people have suppressed the truth of God by our unrighteousness. Continuing on. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident. For since the creation of the world, here we go in our worldview, we get back to creation. And what went wrong after creation, what went wrong, we'll see in a moment. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes and his eternal power have been, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but became futile in their speculations. Their foolish heart was darkened, 
professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. Here Paul is laying out that from the beginning, people turn from their created purpose, by the, the purpose in God created them, to idolatry, to exchanging the glory of God. What is the glory of God? That we are made in his image and that we are worshipers of God and we're to walk like God, and we're to be like God. This was our creative purpose. You're created to be like God. But we exchanged that. We did away with that. We even became idol worshipers. We said, made all these, instead of coming from God, made in the image of God, we, we made idols of animals and, and so forth. And while some parts in the world make actual idols of animals and worship them, we make idols of evolution and say we came from four-footed animals and crawling creatures, that these are our ancestors. And, and indeed, Paul was perhaps prophetic in describing this terrible philosophy that would infiltrate and destroy the faith of so many people, exchanging the glory of God made in his image for something far less idolatry. Folks, it's so important that we identify the problem because if you don't accurately identify the problem, you can't identify the solution. This is why Marxists, for instance, they identify the problem as systems of oppression and bad systems of power. The wrong people are in power and certain people are oppressed. And they come up with their their problem and they come up with their solutions and their solutions, their utopia on earth, history tells us is worse than what they had to start with. History tells us that the, 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 those who promised them freedom became worse oppressors because it doesn't deal with the problem. The problem is our rebellion and our own sinfulness of God. And Marxism doesn't address that at all. Marxism rejects that. Marxism says there is no God. There's no alienation from God. There's no rebellion against God. It's about us creating systems of equality and things of this nature. Or secular humanism will fail because we, we exalt science and, and knowledge. Now, I'm, no one here is against science. But secular humanism exalts science to be their God and their ultimate answer. And sometimes we see that when science is divorced from morality and when science is divorced from integrity, scientists can be biased as well. Scientists can have agendas as well. And some of the and, and we've seen this. We cannot be ignorant to it and think that science is perfect and pure. Not at all. The only perfect and pure one is our God, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we imperfect humans leave the rebellion and follow him. That's the solution. We'll talk more about the solutions tomorrow and what solution each, each of these worldview offers. But it's so important we identify the problem. I'm reminded of a of a of a lady who visited the doctor and she said, Doctor, uh, I, I don't know what's wrong, but everything hurts. Everywhere, every my entire body just hurts, hurts, hurts. It was a wise doctor. And he said, really? Well, does your nose hurt? And she touched, she said, oh, it hurts. Well, does your jaw hurt? Oh, and she touched her jaw and it hurt. 
And she, he said, where else? She touched her elbow. Her elbow hurt. She touched her knee. Her knee hurt. And wherever she touched, she touched and she, she whelped in pain. The wise doctor pointed out, you're not that bad. Your only problem is your finger's broken. <laughs> we want to identify the real problem. If you identify the real problem, you can solve it. If you've got the wrong problems, you won't be able to solve them. Father in heaven, we today come to you and want to embrace a biblical worldview. We give you thanks and praise once again that you have created us in your image, the very crown of your creation. We acknowledge, Lord, that our purpose in life is to know you and to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our fellow man. And you call us to love people and serve people. And you say that real life is not about what I get, but what I give. And we confess, Lord, that this is how we want to live. And Lord, we acknowledge that our problem, the deep problem individually, problems in our family, problems in our, in our communities, problems in our nation, problems in our world, we acknowledge the, this big picture issue that bleeds right down to each one of us, that there's a rebellion afoot, a rebellion against God Almighty. It started with the serpent turned against Eve to turn against God and turn against your word. It went on when Adam chose to enter the rebellion. Paul reminds us that it's those people who suppress the truth that's found in the word of God. We believe, Father, there is a rebellion afoot in our world against you, against your authority, against your, your, your rule. And we acknowledge, Lord, that, that we, we have been a part of that, but we've left this rebellion. We've entered your kingdom. We believe in Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that we would be, a, a, we'd, we'd be people who accurately identify the problem, whether it be with us or with others, that we'd be people who know the problem so we can help provide solutions. Father, we, we confess this. We acknowledge this. Open our eyes, Father, to ways that we are still in the rebellion and don't realize it. Open our eyes to understand ways we've embraced false worldviews, false problems, and false solutions that we don't even realize. Lord, protect your church, protect your people, help us to think clearly. So many of us, Lord, we have, we, we've been more educated by other means in modern world than by your word. We've We've believed in Jesus as our Savior, but we've not really stopped to think through the implications of a real biblical worldview and how it touches in all of life. Open our eyes. Give us understanding. Help us, Father. Help us who see these things to be patient with our brothers and sisters who don't see them. We pray for your church to be of one mind, one mind in understanding the truth of God. Indeed, when the truth is suppressed, people are enslaved, but when you, Jesus, you said you'll know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Help us to know the truth in each of these areas, we pray. We bless you now. Take this day. Fill us with your spirit. Give us your joy. This is our strength. Give us your power. Help us to resist temptation. Help us to be overcomers, triumphant, as you've called us to be. And we thank you that's possible. As your word dwells in us, as your spirit dwells in us, you make us overcomers. We bless you today. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for joining along with me today. I hope, you've, I hope you're learning a lot.
I hope this is helpful. I hope this is a pick-me-up to you. So if it is, make sure you hit the like button. If you haven't subscribed, do so. And share with your friends. Encourage them. I know it's, it, a lot of people don't go to YouTube normally. It's not a habit to them. But we believe if you come here day after day and develop that habit, try it for, try it for two weeks, three weeks, a month, and see if it doesn't begin to make a difference in your life. I believe it will. So God bless you. You have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow where we start talking about the different solutions various worldviews offer. All right, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.